Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Well, I don't know about you guys, but it was a crazy week for me last week. So I did not record the podcast because I was dealing with a whole slew of emotions and feelings and other people's emotions and feelings. And it was just a lot, honestly. So I skipped a week. I took a week off and I'm back this week. The energy in our universe right now still feels pretty heavy astrologically, we have been experiencing and will continue to experience a lot of things that I won't get into right now. But even if you don't know about astrology, I'm sure you're feeling it too. We're in this pre-election anxiety. So I wanted to start off today's episode with an uplifting and beautiful quote that I think about all the time when I look around the world and I think, what the fuck is going on right now? Why is this happening? This is from a speech by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution, which I think is just perfect title for what's happening right now, Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. And this is what he said in the speech. However deep the angry feelings are and however violent explosions are, I can still sing, We Shall Overcome, We shall overcome because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I'm just going to repeat that last phrase again. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And what this quote means to me is even though we might see examples of cowardice, immorality, hatred, racism, people being generally selfish all around us, particularly with our political leaders who are supposed to be bastions and beacons of the moral compass, but are actually the opposite. I take great consolation in the belief that the arc of the moral universe is long and it bends towards justice. So even though people who do not deserve it may win in the short term, they never, ever, ever win in the long term. And that is what I'm here to talk about today. The topic of today's podcast is why do good things happen to bad people? And conversely, we'll also be talking about why bad things happen to good people. As a Buddhist, I really believe in karma. Karma meaning that your actions impact your future. Your actions impact what happens to you and what your fate is. And this last year has been a little trying for my beliefs. I had a really happy moment when I found out that Trump had been diagnosed with COVID and he tweeted that. I was actually still awake when it happened. I think it was two o'clock in the morning or so. And my partner and I were still up talking in the evening and we saw it on Twitter. And I was so happy because I thought, oh man, I have been feeling a little bit like I've been questioning my own beliefs recently. You know, I'm certainly an optimist. I'm someone who always believes that if you do the right thing, that it always pays off. And if you do the wrong thing, you're always going to see the consequences of it. But this year has been so tough for me to see Donald Trump treat whole groups of human beings with disrespect, with hatred, 
and for him to continue to be embraced and embraced by his base. I mean, he is the cat who has nine lives for sure. I mean, all the different gaffes and all the different horrible things that he said that should be held against him that he should have been canceled for a thousand times over, yet here he still is. And when I heard that he had COVID, I was like, yes, there is a God or multiple gods. There is justice. He is going to get what he finally deserves. He has been lying to the American people about COVID. He has not been supporting the scientific community, even his own Dr. Fauci. And this is absolutely what he deserves for mocking people wearing masks and for encouraging people to do behaviors that are really harmful, like injecting themselves with bleach and minimizing the circumstances of COVID and really minimizing the experience of people who have had loved ones or they themselves have have had COVID and had gone through the the horrible process of healing from it. So I hit, you know, this great high point when I found out he was diagnosed. And then I started to somewhat compulsively check the news to see how he was doing. I was really hoping that he was going to feel the side effects and really experience the pain that so many people have of going through COVID. And unfortunately, that was not the case. Obviously, he was airlifted to Walter Reed. He got the best care that's not even available to anyone besides him right now. And for all intents and purposes, he is not going to die and he has seemingly recovered. And I was pretty upset about that because for me, I've always really wanted to believe that there is this God out there who is this great arbiter and he sees what we're doing, he or she, right? Let's actually call God her for this conversation, but that she sees our decisions every single day and she's encouraging us in the direction of morality and discouraging us from the place of immorality. And I left a very cushy job working at a venture capital firm because I really felt like it didn't align to my morals. And I thought, you know, this is a big risk. I'm taking a huge pivot on my career to start reset. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I really, really believe that if you're doing work to ultimately be in service of other people, then there's no way that you will not be successful doing it. So really, this fundamental belief that good triumphs over evil has been the sort of central principle that governs the way I move through everyday life. And so it's really upsetting to me when I see people who don't care about others, who are just trying to enrich themselves at any cost to other people. And it's upsetting and it has been upsetting. And, and, you know, this is why this Trump presidency really gets to me. It triggers these really deep feelings. A lot of it honestly comes from my experience growing up with my mom, who is one of the most deeply selfish people who I have ever met. And you guys have heard me talk about her on the podcast before. She definitely has had her share of troubles. You know, she immigrated to the US when she was 17. She had a really hard time of it. Her whole life had changed because of the war that was happening in Vietnam. And, you know, she was really disappointed in the way her life had turned out. She had all these vast dreams for herself, which were no longer possible. But as a result of that colossal disappointment, she grew up to be someone who really felt entitled to other people's things. So I'll just clarify, you know, she was constantly asking for money from other people. She was constantly borrowing money from other people. She at one point 
took out credit cards in her friends' names, ran up the credit card bills, ruined their credit. And yet, it always seemed that my mom would land on her feet, that there would always be another round of people who she could exploit or another person she was dating that she would move on from the last person to. And even within my broader extended family dynamics, her siblings continued to enable her behavior over and over and over again. And from a very young age, from around 15, I said to her, you know, this isn't right. This isn't the way that you should be a mother. This isn't the way you should be a person. You're putting all of our lives at risk with your decisions and I'm not having it anymore. For me, it was really an easy decision of like black and white that I was like, I'm not going to enable her. So I'm going to cut her out of my life. And I think because I'm so sensitive about my mother, that whenever I see people who seem to be getting away with things, it just drives me crazy. Like I have a real problem when I think about all these billionaires in the world who do unethical things. I mean, one example is I was furious when we work, the co-working space was growing, 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 because I just thought, I know what happens at the inside of that company. I know that CEO is not a good guy. Why does he continue to be able to raise tons and tons of money to make a lot of money for himself personally? And why aren't there consequences for the horrible way that he treats his employees and treats people broadly? So with that being said, I want to talk today about some of the ways that I reconcile this in my own mind. You know, when I think about people who are in my life who, or people I know who are not necessarily the best people, why is it that they continue to prosper when it feels so hard for those of us who are just trying to do the right thing every day to catch a break? What got me thinking about this topic was last week, there's someone who's in my husband's life. He, She's a close friend of his. And I personally think that her behavior is totally out of line and really inappropriate and crosses a lot of boundaries. And he really cares about her and is willing to make some concessions and to see things more from her perspective. And we disagreed on that last week. That is what was coming up for us. And there's a real part of me that was like, She's wrong. This is totally out of line. Everyone who hears about the situation agrees. My therapist agrees. My friends agree. His friends agree. And I want her to admit that she is behaving badly. I want her to apologize. And I want her to say to me that she acted in a way that was highly, highly inappropriate. On the other hand, you know, I think about what would the Dalai Lama do? And the Dalai Lama would basically say, let it go. You know, people are on their own journeys. They have to figure it out for themselves to have empathy for where this person is. And that's the process that I went through last week. I had to move myself from one end of the spectrum where I was just so incensed by this person's behavior to the other side of the spectrum where I had to have compassion for them. And so if you've ever been in that situation too, where you have had someone in your life who behaves badly or there's someone who you know who's just completely immoral, who's a bad person, but yet they never seem to get called out on their shit and nothing bad ever seems to happen to them. Like, what do you do about it? And so I'm gonna outline for you the way that I handle it. These are just purely suggestions. Obviously, trust yourself, trust your instinct. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a highly introspective, lifelong learner, someone who's really emotionally sensitive and has a high EQ. 
So you probably know the best thing to do for yourself in those situations. I'm just going to share what it is that I do. And the first thing I do when I feel like it's really unfair and there's someone who's crazy in my life and, you know, they're not really seeing the consequences for their bad behavior is first try to feel a great deal of pity and empathy for them and realize that even if they might have everything perfect on the surface, they might have the great job, they might have a trust fund, they might be very good looking They might have a beautiful home. They might have a career that I am envious of. Regardless, I realized to myself that those things never make anyone happy. And when people are acting really, really badly, when they're treating people poorly, when they're judgmental, when they're hurtful, it's because that is how they're treating themselves on the inside too. So I really try to feel that. I close my eyes and I meditate. And I really imagine that Even if this person isn't being externally punished for their bad behavior, being them probably doesn't feel very good at all. If you're someone who is selfish, who's mean, who's indignant, take Donald Trump, for instance. I would never want to be him for a single day because he probably hates himself and treats himself with as little love as he gives to other people. I mean, who wants to be someone who's filled with that amount of hate and that amount of vitriol? I imagine it like this, that a person's bad behavior is essentially what's going on in their inside, what's going on in their soul, but just is spilling outside of their body into the surface of reality. So when you meet someone who is extremely rude to you, who judges you, who is mean to you, That is because that lives within them. That hatred, that ill feeling is inside of them every single day. And you are just getting a little taste of what they live with within themselves, within their mind, within the way that they process the world every single day. And that's a horrible feeling. When I think of Donald Trump or when I think of this friend of my husband's, I just say to myself, you know, it probably doesn't feel good to be that person. It probably sucks to be that person. It's probably horrible moving through the world, expecting that other people are going to attack you or being ready to be on the attack toward other people. It's so sad. So that's the first thing I do is I try to cultivate through meditation, a sense of empathy and a sense of true perspective for what that person is experiencing themselves. The second thing that I think about is that I only have this one wild and precious life and that I can't waste my time thinking about other people who are on a a different energetic level than I am because it just drags me down. As much as I want to be right and I want to show them and tell them and convince them that they're wrong, I can't waste my time on that because it's literally just pulls me down to their level. Last week, I got so mad at my husband's friend and I was like, whoa, I'm just being like her right now. I am snapping emotionally. I'm being highly reactive. I'm causing more pain and this person has triggered me and I've stooped down to their level. And it's like they say in the Bible, which I haven't actually really read, but I'll just paraphrase and I've heard, you know, turn the other cheek. And it's what the lovely Michelle Obama always says, when they go low, we go high. And so I have to remind myself, Liz, it's not worth your time. It's not worth your time. There are people dying in the world. 
There are people who need your help in the world. There's great work to do. There are books to read. There are poems to read. There, there's music to dance to and listen to. Why should I waste my time wanting for this toxic person to be someone who they're not when that's really, really their work? Which leads me to step three, which is embracing the fact that we can't ever change the people who are around us. Never, ever, 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 ever. We can't do it. And we especially can't do it by forcibly trying to get them to change and to see things our way. That's what I remind myself when I think about my mother or I think about this friend of Deb's is that everyone is on their own journey. Everyone's going through whatever it is that they need to go through to learn those lessons and to have their own spiritual evolution. And what I've come to believe is that the best way to change people is not by actually telling them that they need to change or you know, trying to force them to when they haven't asked for my help, but rather just to live a life that can serve as a blueprint to them. To live my life with the most integrity and courage as possible, to really think about my values and lead them every day. And that eventually, even if this person is not receptive to that, then by osmosis, they will pick up on that way that I'm living my life. And I think this is really true for family members. So if any of you guys are struggling with family members who are toxic or more emotionally immature than you are or more hostile, just think about that wonderful quote from Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high and know that even if your family can't see it or can't even admit it or will never admit it, you living your life and being who you are is an inspiration to them. It's a North Star and it's a blueprint that they'll carry with them. It may not be now, it may not be a year from now, but maybe five years, 10 years down the road, they'll look back and say, you know what? That's a good way to be. That's actually right. And so now the big million dollar question is, well, if there is karma in the world and there is a goddess, why is it that these bad people who are out there, toxic people, continue to have good things happen to them? You know, I don't really know the answer to this. I'm just a 35-year-old who's sitting in my my apartment in New York thinking about all these things. What I've learned through Buddhism is that every single action has consequences that relate to the nature of that action. For instance, right, wise, moral, good action always, always has a good result. And immoral unwise, bad actions always end in a bad result. But the thing is that we may not always be there to see them. Sometimes those consequences can play out a lifetime or a generation later. We may not see that the fruit of those actions actually comes to pass while we're there to see them. But as I said in the quote from the beginning of this podcast, The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. You know, I think that good things can happen to bad people because then it's up to us, the ones who care about justice and care about what's right. It allows us the opportunity to step up and to do something about it. I don't know if that's a really satisfactory answer, but I think it just comes down to trusting the fact that there are good people in this world and there are bad people in this world. And even though it might seem like some of those bad people are doing pretty well with their lives, remembering that in the long run, 
they will reap the consequences of all of their actions. And now to talk about the corollary of why do bad things happen to good people? I've really wondered that a lot over the course of my life because it seemed like a lot of bad things have happened to me. (laughs) And, you know, also a lot of really good things have happened to me. I feel this way sometimes when I'm really excited about a potential client and I think that it's going to go through, but then at the last minute, the client winds up deciding not to work with me or not book me. Or when there's something I really want for reset, whether it's a piece of press or a partnership, and then that falls through. And I think, ugh, I gave up my whole life. I gave up all my material comforts to start this business. Why is the universe not rewarding me with what I want? I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to help people. And I have to pull myself out of that because it's not the right way to look at things. The right way to look at things is to embrace the quote unquote bad things that happen to us. And I always think about this quote from Nelson Mandela who says, I never lose. I only win or learn. And I think that that's how we need to look at it when it seems like everything is thunderstorms and rain clouds and nothing seems to break your way, that what's actually happening is the door is opening up for you to learn, that you're being pushed to the next level. Something that we know with 100% certainty is the universe only gives us exactly what we can handle. And if the universe is throwing you a lot of curveballs and a lot of disappointments, then it just means that you're ready to do a lot of learning and a lot of spiritual evolution. And see if you can think back to a breakup or a job you didn't get, some sort of disappointment that was especially grueling because it felt like you did everything the right way right? That you tried so hard, that you were helping people, that you were living in your values, but yet you still didn't get what it was that you wanted. And see if you can identify how in actuality that wasn't a loss at all, that that actually was a win when you zoomed out. Or even if it didn't feel like a win, that it was an amazing learning experience when you zoomed out and to see how what you learned actually changed your life for the better. I think it's a hard time for all of us because the world seems so unfair right now. How can all the billionaires keep getting richer? And how can all the little people who are just trying to make the world a better place, why do they keep getting crushed down? Why does it feel like there are so many bad things happening to good people all the time and so many good things happening to bad people? And I just want to tell you here to keep heart. Don't lose faith. Think about what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said about the arc of the moral universe bending towards justice and know that every single thing that you do that is accumulating good karma will 100% result in a positive consequence. Every good deed you do has an amazing, amazing consequence. And you may not see it now. You may not see it in a year. You may not see it in 10 years. But I promise you that your good karma is coming back to you. I did a past life regression a few years ago. That is when you work with a practitioner who puts you into a hypnotic trance. And they help you uncover your past lives. And I went through some really gnarly, brutal past lives. And I also really liked who I was in a lot of those past lives that I stood up and I tried to do the right thing. I wasn't always successful, but I was really trying. 
And in a lot of ways, I think that the comfort that I have in my life now comes from those past lives. I have struggles like a normal human person does. I have issues with my family. It hasn't always been easy. You know, I grew up very, very poor. But for the most part, I am uniquely blessed. And I especially feel very, very lucky these days because I get to do work that I love. I have a home. I'm safe. I'm healthy. I try to never forget how extraordinarily blessed I am. And I think a lot of it comes from trying to do the right thing in past lives. That's to say that, you know, not to be like, well, you may not have good things happen to you in this life, but what about the next life? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that just trust that you are doing the right thing because honestly, whenever you do a good deed, you're actually filling your own well with that same goodness. You know, I think when we help others or we do the right thing, it actually helps to put a little bit of light, golden light within our souls and to make ourselves lighter, right? To love ourselves more. When we love other people, we're actually bringing that same love into ourselves. just as the way that when bad people do bad things, they're sending that darkness, that vitriol, that hatred back into themselves. So just know that it will all pay off at the end of the day. So until next time, listen to yourself, love yourself, Say yes to life and life will say yes to you. Thanks for listening, you guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast and the other episodes, please, please, please subscribe to it so you know when it comes out because as you guys know, I am trying to do this on a weekly basis, but I'm not always on a schedule. And when you subscribe, you'll know when it's coming out. Share it on social media if you liked it and rate and review because that always helps more people to find it. And I'm always available. If you want to talk about the podcast or have a topic that you want to discuss, then you can always DM me. I'm at Hayless Tran. See you next week. Bye.